And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we have a special host, and that is Calvin Carter, and I'll turn it right over to him. Welcome again to our program. With me today is Jim Harden, President and Chief Executive Officer of Compass Care. Jim, welcome to our program. Oh, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Jim, Compass Care, that's in Rochester, correct? Yes, Compass Care is based in Rochester, but we've got um, service operations in both Rochester and Buffalo, as well as helping other pregnancy centers across the country uh, get better at reaching and serving women seriously considering abortion. I was looking at the website for a few minutes this morning, and and I see that uh, your mission statement refers directly to ending the need for abortion. That's correct. Yes. Uh, our full mission statement is that we're a Christ-centered agency dedicated to empowering men and women to erase the need for abortion by transforming their fear into confidence because everyone is made in the image of God and deserving of blessing and protection. Now, we say erase the need not because we believe there's a philosophical need, but because of what a woman says when she comes to see us. She says, I'm stuck, I'm trapped, I've got no other choice, I need to have an abortion. And so our job is to give her all the support and security that she desperately needs in order to uh, give her a vision of her future after having had a child. She doesn't feel free to say no to abortion. So all these circumstances are conspiring against her, whether it's her boyfriend or the expectations of a standard of living or her plans for school, etc. And they all kind of hit her uh, like a wave, and she's in fight-or-flight mode. And um, if we can give her all the support and security that she needs in order to say no to abortion, we've done our job. And most of the time, women, um, you know, and I'm not a sane woman alive actually wants to have an abortion. They just feel like they don't have any other choice. And so our job is to erase the need for abortion in her mind. You bring up a lot of good reasons that are given by women who are looking to have an abortion. Uh, when I think of people being pressured, I think primarily of, of a parent or a boyfriend. But uh, clearly there are a lot of factors that go into that. Oh, yes. You know, there are so many reasons that drive women to think that abortion is their only way out. And they feel like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And, you know, say 15 years ago, the primary kind of pressure that drove a woman to get an abortion was this tension between guilt and shame. Guilt over ending the life of a child versus the shame of her community finding out she's pregnant. So whichever tension was stronger determined the outcome of the pregnancy. So if guilt over ending the life of the child was stronger than the shame of her community finding out she's pregnant, she would have the baby. On the other hand, if shame was stronger than guilt, then she would have the abortion. Today, the tensions that drive women to get abortion have shifted. Now, it's not like we don't still see women facing that same problem of guilt versus shame, that same tension, but the, the tension in the general community is shifting away from that to something altogether different, which is the tension between my life versus the baby's life. My life as I know it, my life as I planned it, my life as I want it versus the baby's life. She thinks that she's making this tragic decision between, you know, someone's going to die. It's either going to be me dying or the baby dying. She's under no misconceptions that her pregnancy represents anything other than a baby. It's a, it's a really different dynamic and it's a much more difficult patient to serve. But that's now representing almost half of our entire patient load at Compass Care. I, I saw an interview not long ago on television with an actress who won an award. I think it might have been an Emmy 
And she came out and said in the interview that she owed her Emmy, she owed her success to having had an abortion, that she realized when she had the abortion that she wouldn't be able to have a successful career if she had the baby. So in her mind, she weighed the cost. It was the child's life or her career. She chose career. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's two narratives that are propagated in the media. And of course, uh, what you're describing is a classic media narrative. And the two narratives that they promote are, if you continue with this pregnancy and have this baby, you're going to live a life of destitution and loneliness and privation. If, on the other hand, you have the abortion, all your wildest dreams are going to come true and you're going to be able to do what you want to do. Well, there is a third narrative that is more likely true to life than either of the other two narratives. And the third narrative is the narrative that most women throughout modern history have experienced. And that is, is it possible to be pregnant, have the baby, and raise this child while at the same time going to school? Yes. Is it possible to be pregnant and have the baby and raise the child and at the same time pursue a career? Yes. I mean, of course. In fact, the the entire legislative process and the progressive movement has been focused solely on allowing women to have both the ability to have and raise children while pursuing education and career. So the fact that they're promoting these two different narratives is, is, is disingenuous. The third narrative is the way the world actually works. And that's the narrative that gives women hope. Your life isn't over. Life goes on. In fact, having a child can be the, the most fulfilling thing that's ever happened to you and uh, can give you focus like never before in terms of what's important and what matters in this world. And, you know, sometimes when a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy, she can choose to make just one more decision in a long line of negative decisions that got her to this place and have the abortion. Or she can look at this unplanned pregnancy as a crossroads of grace, whereby this is a sovereign act of God, and she can make the first positive decision in a long line of future positive decisions and have this baby. Sadly, a lot of folks who would tell you that they are Christians and that they serve a sovereign Lord still end up getting an abortion. That is a sad reality. You know, I've I've been doing this for 20 years at Compass Care, and what keeps me coming back day in and day out is not the positive stories. And we, we, we have so many fantastic stories of women that came to us with despair and hopeless situations saying, I, there's no way I can do this. I need to have an abortion. And they leave here after interfacing with our nurses and getting all the baseline OB care that they need and, and all the community support that they need and church support that they need. And they come to Christ. But the reason I keep coming back is not because of those wonderful positive stories. It's because of the thousands of women that never get a chance to interact with ethical medical care and the kind and, and compassionate Christian nurses that Compass Care employs. They never get a chance at the hope of living a life of of opportunity for both her and her baby. They stay in the darkness and despair. And and, and abortion is very damaging, very damaging, obviously to the child, but very damaging to her, to the woman. I mean, it it leaves scars emotionally, certainly, uh, and and physically. And uh, it's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. A New York legalized abortion in 1970. That's three years before Roe v. Wade. Uh, What in the Rochester area which is where you began. I understand uh, one of the first abortion centers in in the state was opened. That's correct. Um, Planned Parenthood of the Rochester-Syracuse region was the first freestanding abortion clinic in the country. Um, And as you pointed out, New York State became the first state in the union to legalize wholesale abortion, abortion on demand for any reason. And 
when they did that in 1970, it created what we call abortion tourism. Well, most states hadn't legalized it, so women were coming from all over the country to get their abortions in New York. So if you know, so you know, 1970, 71, 72, and even into 73, the abortion numbers in New York were astronomical. And um, but over the last few years, the numbers have been coming down, and we're grateful for that. But if you look at the numbers in Rochester, where Compass Care has been offering services for many years, our goal has always been to be able to provide services to a significant volume of women. It's 25% of all women seriously considering abortion in the entire region of Rochester so that we can essentially take the profit margins away from the abortion industry and drive up demand for our services even further. Because you know, if you, if you take the profit margin away from an industry, they have to change their business model. They have to reduce their hours, reduce their staff, maybe even uh, go out of business. And that's exactly what we've seen happen in Rochester. The abortion numbers fell further, faster than anywhere else in the country. And 50% reduction in abortion in just a handful of years. And we, um, the church united in Buffalo and we wanted to see the same thing happen there. So uh, since 2018, we've been working on that project. And now in Buffalo, we have the same capacity with a fantastic nursing team. And the numbers are, are of, of patients being served there are going up dramatically. So we hope to see similar things happening in Buffalo. And Compass Care is now expanding to downstate into New York City. We have opportunities in Brooklyn and possibly Manhattan. And, you know, Brooklyn has the highest number of abortions of any county in the nation that's keeping track. More abortions in Brooklyn than any other county in the nation. So if New York State has the most abortions per capita than any other state in the country, Brooklyn is the heart of the abortion capital. And that's where pro-life Christians need to be. That's where the church needs to uh, focus their resources. You know, all the abortion hubs... All the abortion hubs, this is where women go to get their abortions. It's Rochester, it's Buffalo, it's Syracuse, it's Albany, it's New York City. And um, we need to have a full and robust operational presence in all those abortion hubs to reduce uh, abortion. It doesn't matter what the laws are. Has, I mean, New York can continue to hoard their abortion laws like an old man you know, hoards you know, medications. But, hey, it won't matter if women are simply choosing to have their babies. It won't matter what the laws are if women feel empowered to say no to abortion because they're being supported and, and they feel secure. Uh, and that's the, that's, that's the hands and feet of, of Christ. That's the, the work of the church. And that's what Compass Care is. Compass Care is a manifestation of the church of Jesus Christ. It really is a matter of the heart, isn't it? it we, can, we can do all the law, lawmaking and, and uh, we can overturn Roe v. Wade, but at the heart of it all is, is the human condition. Exactly right. It is a matter of the heart. No law can change the human condition. No law, no government can mandate morality. And so that's why Christians don't take our cues from the Supreme Court. You know, just because the Supreme Court says, well, you know, abortion should be legal in all 50 states doesn't mean that Christians should say, well, that's right. Well, no, it's, it's not right. You have nine justices that came along and arbitrarily decided that the word person does not apply to the unborn. Well, that's it's not just arbitrary, that's irresponsible. It's evil. The role of government is, is supposed to protect all people under the law, especially the weak, and especially the most vulnerable. And they're in, intentionally um, disqualifying an entire category of person from protection under the law. It's, it's wrong. It's always been wrong. It always will be wrong. And, and it's our job as believers to be that prophetic voice and to be the hands and feet of Christ in service and in love, uh, demonstrating uh, that the truth that we're all made in the image of God and deserving of blessing and protection. And, and for a society that so values 
science. It boggles the mind that science is ignored in this case. Uh, it, it's so hypocritical. Oh, yeah. Science, uh, you know what? You know what bothers me about, about, about all this, uh, everybody's, you know, um, referral to science is that there's this presumption that science can tell us why we exist, that science can tell us why human beings are valuable. Science can't tell us any of those things. What science can only tell us is what is the case. And what science tells us about human life, what is the case is that human life begins the moment of fertilization. So you are fully human. I am fully human. Everybody is fully human the moment of fertilization. We're just on a spectrum of maturity. And, and you and I are still maturing. I'm still maturing. I'm not, I'm not that maturing. But at the moment of, of fertilization, we each have a unique and separate DNA that manages our maturation from conception all the way through natural death. And uh, no one should have the ability, no person, no human being should have the ability to say where on that scale of maturity uh, does a person begin being human and stop being human. But that's exactly what the Supreme Court did in 1973. And it's, it's unjust and it's evil and it's wrong. A couple of years ago, I wrote a, uh, a commentary that I, that I shared on the network. And uh, I started it with, uh, <clears throat> with this. I said, my friend Scott thinks everyone knows that all life begins at conception. The debate is whether all lives are worth saving. And I tend to agree with him. I think that deep down they do realize that all life begins at conception. But many work very hard to convince themselves otherwise. And then they seek to convince others. And they do that in order to feel better about themselves and the choices they're making to avoid perceived disruptions in their lives. Yeah, that's so true. It's an existential um, problem. People are, are are making their morality based on um, not right and wrong or principles that, that come from God. They're, they're basing their moral structure and framework off of what uh, makes them feel more pleasure or avoid more pain. And that just, that just doesn't work. I mean, when you've got 350 million people um, making decisions about what is right and wrong uh, based on feeling, uh, you know, avoiding pain and, 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 and gaining more pleasure physically, uh, you're going to have chaos in a very short period of time. And mm -hmm. the justice system has no basis in reality. There's no, there's, you can have no justice system in that case. You just have a bunch of people in power dictating to everybody else uh, their own personal arbitrary morality. We, unless our, our, our sense of purpose and our sense of right and wrong comes from outside of humanity, that is God, then there is no, no basis for civilized order. And it will just devalue and devolve. And, human, and then humanity uh, will lose its understanding of its own value, which is what we're seeing. And you mentioned the churches in Rochester and now in Buffalo uh, uniting uh, to help end the scourge. I wish more churches felt that way. Yeah. You know, there's so many churches that have been demoralized in New York State. But, you know, New York State is the epicenter of the greatest injustice humanity has ever known. If you're measuring it by volume. Right. We're talking about uh, 800,000 abortions there, thereabouts in the nation every single year. New York State is at the height, is at the peak of that abortion mountain. But, you know, faith is for dark times. The light of faith is precisely given to us so that we can continue to live in this world uh, and, and hold forth the hope of Jesus Christ. I mean, we, we're not to run from this. 
we're not to be demoralized by this. We're to, we're to hold on to the hope of Jesus Christ together and unite. This is a great opportunity. Jesus has tasked the church of today with addressing the greatest injustice of all time. It's a great honor. It's a great challenge. But faith, he says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. And he's given us the faith of mustard seed. And together, as the Church of New York, we're going to show the, the rest of the country and the world what it means to continue to stand for righteousness' sake in the belly of the beast and at, at the heart of, the, of evil. It's, and it's okay. We're happy to do it. You know, uh, it's, it's what God has called us to do. It's where God has placed us, and, and, it's, and he's sovereign, and he's on his throne, so we're just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. One of the arguments I hear so frequently from my more liberal friends is Christians— they, yeah, they care about that baby, but they only care about that baby until the baby's born, and they don't really care about the mother. Uh, their sole mission is to get that baby born, and then they walk away. Um, I, please dispel that, that myth for us. Well, I'd love to dispel that myth. Uh, you know, we, we focus on the woman at Compass Care, a woman who – there's not a same woman alive who actually wants to have an abortion. Um, she doesn't have – uh, the, the support and security that she needs. She has all she has is the pressure from society uh, to abort. You know what abortion represents? It does not represent empowerment and represents abandonment by, by society. Abortion is not medical care; it's quackery. We're we're, we're trying to serve and, and help women uh, so that they they can say say to themselves, "Oh, I see now. I've got the community. I have the community support. I have the, the the spiritual support. I have all the support I need in order to be able to have this baby." I see now how I can do this. That's our job. Um, our job is to support that woman. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, walking alongside a river, for example, and you see a child floundering in the water, and you say to yourself, well, I'm not going to go, I can't go save that child, because if I save that child, well, I might, I might have to take care of that child. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, who, 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 what, 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 what kind of barbaric culture would, would think that? We don't think twice about jumping in that river and saving that child. Uh, we don't think about uh, taking care of that child at the age of 18. We don't think care about um, providing college education to that child. We, we just want to save that child's life because that child's life is just that important. Um, and so there are millions and hundreds of millions of dollars and millions of people that are, are, are standing by to help women have their babies, not just to, through, through the pregnancy and through delivery, but throughout their entire life. That's what the Christian church is about. The Christian church is about doing life together. It's about community. It's, a, it's about fellowship in Christ. And uh, that, that is the, that's, the, that's the hallmark of, of, of true Christian, Christianity, is our fellowship with one another, our generosity toward one another, our community with one another. And uh, she's invited into all that. You know, I, one of the things that, that reminds me of is the Good Samaritan. Mm. Why are Christians... If you look around, you know, most of the people that you see that are pro-life are Christians. And by most, I mean almost everybody. And why is it that Christians are so pro-life? Why is it that Christians tend to be the ones on the forefront of all the greatest injustices the world has ever seen? And I think it has, we, we get a clue with the Good Samaritan. It's funny because, remember the story, the lawyer goes to Jesus and he says, hey, what's the greatest commandment? I mean, what do I need to do um, to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus says, well, you're the lawyer. Why don't you tell me? And so he says, well, um, I'm paraphrasing, you know. So he says, um, well, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, that's correct. Go and do that. You'll be fine. 
And then the lawyer says, wishing to justify himself, see, the lawyer wishing to justify himself says, yeah, but who's my neighbor? Ah, see, as soon as we start to, to parse out who qualifies as my neighbor and who doesn't qualify as a neighbor, we start getting into trouble. So Jesus goes on and he tells him a story. He tells him a story of this guy walking down this dangerous Jericho road, and he sees this man beaten and left for dead. Right? But before that, two other guys walk past this man. The priest and the Levite, the leaders, the, the political and religious leaders of the day, saw this man beaten and left for dead, and they walk past him by on the other side of the road. But this Samaritan, this kind of half-breed, this, this one that's been dehumanized by this very lawyer, stops gives this man his time, uh, his, his energy, his, his, his resources, and he, to just to give this man's life back to him. And so Jesus asked the lawyer, um, who was the neighbor? And the lawyer says, well, it was the man who helped the other man. He can't even bring himself to say Samaritan. It was a Samaritan. The Samaritan was the lawyer. The Samaritan was the, good, was, was the guy that was the neighbor. And uh, Jesus says, well, go and do likewise. You know, the opposite, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love, as it says in James, is partiality. It's favoritism. It's, it's playing God. It's, it's saying, I, I get to decide who qualifies for my favor and who does not qualify for my favor. I get to decide who's going to be my neighbor and who's not going to be my neighbor. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. It is not up to human beings to decide who qualifies for our blessing and protection. If they are human in this world and you happen upon them, you are to bless and protect them because they're made in the image of God. And you know, the weakest and most vulnerable person in this world right now is a preborn child. And second only to that is a woman who thinks that she has to have an abortion. There's no way out. And I'm sick and tired of living in a world that, where women have to fear having their own child. I don't think we have to live in a world like that anymore. I think there can be a different world. And that's the kind of world we're shooting for. That's the kind of state we're shooting for. A different, a more humane place where all children are accepted and valued and all women are blessed and protected. Well, I know that the uh, strategy of Compass Care uh, includes a local pregnancy center uh, with pregnancy STD testing and training, and you offer abortion pill reversal. That's right. For women who are who are pregnant and are struggling and want that assistance, people who are listening on our network that are not in the Rochester area, how can they find out where their local abilities lie, their local help lies? Well, there's, um, they can do a, a quick Google search for, if, if for example, they've started the, the chemical abortion, they can do a Google search for um, abortion pill reversal, and the, a hotline number will come up, and the hotline will, will direct them to the closest physician who can handle their case. If they're facing an unplanned pregnancy and they just don't know what to do, again, a quick Google search will, should yield the result of, of pregnancy centers um, in their area. And most, most areas do have what we call pregnancy resource centers that are standing ready to, to help um, any woman, any woman in need, any race, any creed, it doesn't matter. They, they will help any and every woman that comes to their door. And uh, it, it's, it's really encouraging to see. So, you know, like I said, Compass Care should have an operational presence in New York City with, with by January of 2022. And if you're in Buffalo or Rochester, just do a quick Google search for uh, compasscare.info. That's that's our patient-facing website, um, and we and we can help we can help direct you from there. 
You know, something occurs to me. Uh, we were talking about the pressures that are placed on women uh, in the workplace itself. Do we hear stories of women uh, being pressured within the workplace not to have the child? There's pressure everywhere for women not to have children. Everywhere. You know, there's a new shame in society today, and the new shame is not that you're pregnant out of wedlock. The new shame is that you're having more than two children. So many women who have who are pregnant with number three or number four feel a deep sense of shame from their culture, from their community, from their work environment, from their families. And so uh, it's it's very difficult for them to navigate that emotionally. So um, you're right. There There is that uh, pressure that they're facing. It's a new kind of pressure. It's, it's We've never experienced that before in the history of America. Mm-hmm. Jim, one area that we haven't touched on, and that is we've talked so far about women who become pregnant and who are considering the abortion. What about the the lives of women who have had an abortion or maybe even had two multiple abortions? What about them? What? How do we handle those folks? Well, we want to say... Uh, that there is forgiveness and grace. You know, some people say, well, who are you to, to say there's forgiveness available for, for women that have that have had an abortion? Well, we don't want to devalue the importance of, of, of what happened. Um, it's it's so it's you know it's so important and, and we have to recognize the importance of it. She feels it. She feels the importance deep down in her soul. And um, we say, you know, through Christ, there's forgiveness. There is grace extended to her. And we want to communicate that message to her. There is, there is healing available to her through the blood of Jesus Christ to cover all of our sins. Um, you're not alone. We have all made decisions and, and fallen short of the glory of God. And so there are places that women can go to receive post-abortion counseling. She can avail herself of some of those resources, oftentimes found through pregnancy resource centers near her. And that's the message that we really want to send. A lot of times um, women, you know, get stuck in, in this kind of rut. If they have one abortion, that they think they should have a second one if they get pregnant again. And um, it makes it even less hopeful for her. Um, so we, we, want to, we, we want to step in and give her the light of the gospel. You know, the purpose of Christian medicine is to heal and to maintain the health of the whole person, the whole person. You know, we have to view every medical condition as part of God's plan to orient the patient toward him and toward others, including her, her preborn child and even other children that she's lost in abortion. You know, the, the, the primary core value of a Christian is not autonomy. It's not me. It's not, it's not getting what I want. It's not my rights. The primary core value of a Christian is submission, submission to God first and foremost, and self-sacrifice secondly to our fellow man. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's submission to God and self-sacrifice for our neighbor. And that's how we, you know, he's constantly calling us to reorient ourselves back to him. And so let abortion be that thing that helps you orient yourself properly back toward God and to your fellow man. Jim Harden, President and Chief Executive Officer for Compass Care. Thank you very much for coming on our program. It's been an honor 